You're listening to the Casual Swinger Podcast. As your host, we need to warn you that the material you're about to hear may be sexual or explicit in nature. This podcast is intended for an adult audience. Now, we don't expect you to act like adults. What's the fun in that? We're a married couple living in Florida with over 13 years of experience in the lifestyle, and we take almost nothing seriously. Casual Swinger is a variety show, meaning we'll cover everything from music to events, travel, and even the occasional hilarious screw-up. Our show is about entertainment. We're not licensed professionals. Not anything. And our stories, commentary, and guidance should not be confused with the opinions of a licensed professional. Now that you know, let's take those pants off and get comfy. Everybody, welcome to season four of Casual Swinger. My name's Mickey. And I'm Mallory, and I am fucking digging the intro music. That is sexy. Yeah, you know, every season <laughs> I, I try to come it. up with something that basically I'm like, would Mallory bang to this? Oh, and yeah. That should be something. Oh, yes. Play. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, all the music, all the bass. <laughs> it's uh, good. Uh. That's all right. Awesome. So this episode is all about Dem titties. Dem titties. You mean breasts? Oh, jugs. Knockers. Hooters. <laughs> Kazongas. Tatas. <laughs> Fun bags. Tits. Oh, that's a good one. That was like the George Carlin delivery. Right, seven I love dirty it. words. Yeah. How about personal flotation devices? That's great. Sweater puppies. Oh, there's a good one too. Chesticles. Uh, what about stress balls? <laughs> hey, those are my favorite. I use yours <laughs> like stress balls all the time. Hey, you know what my favorite one is for boobies? What? Fucking worth it. <laughs> I thought it was chesticles. <laughs> it's definitely, I love it. It's worth it. So we're going to talk about, this episode is called Thanks for the Mammaries. And this is about Mallory's personal journey toward bigger hooters. Well, bigger, yes. Yeah, but be, not by a ton. Yeah, no, I'm, we're not gonna, I'm not going to have like these two volleyballs I can <laughs> smack around at no, night. No, 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 no. I mean... I mean, they'll be bigger for sure, but I'm not going to go like ridiculous, you know, outside of my body frame. Oh, see, I have this like vision in my head, like Rocky Balboa on the speed bag. Would you do like boobies that big? I mean, I think you like boobs in general, and I don't know that it matters. I've been a fan since I was a baby. Yeah. Little kid, love them. No, I, yeah, we're going to talk about breast augmentation. We are. We're going to talk about your personal journey, too. So we're not going to bring on a doctor this time. We're not going to do any serious medical mumbo-jumbo. We're going to talk about just kind of what it took for Mal to get there. But before we do, let's talk about season four a little bit. You know, what to expect in season four, where we go in. Of course, the new music. Yeah, I was going to say the sexy intro music that I'm over here, like, just moving my hips around in circles. Yeah, I I dig it. You did wonderful. Well, I thank you, ma'am. Yeah, I think... um, with the state of the union right now, I think we can plan on some travel here in season four. At least I, I hope so. so. Maybe one day we'll get to see a Canadian again. That would be pretty I, cool. I know. I know. That would be nice. Whenever they furlough the Canadians I mean, we did, and let them we leave. Did, we did get a preview right at uh, PCAP. We did. We which saw was nice. two sets. Yeah. Two whole sets of Canadians. I think we They were the only them. ones allowed to leave. And if they came back alive, they'll send out a third. Oh, my gosh. No. I it's don't like think zombie that's apocalypse. how that works. <laughs> Now, so we are going to travel a little bit. We've got a bunch of things coming on. We just got home from a couple trips. We're going to talk about that in a hot second. But, you know, I think what to expect in season four is we're going to just try and have fun with you guys. Everything's been such a shit show. It's been so fucking serious. So we're going to have some fun. We're going to make stupid jokes. Basically more casual swinger, but we'll maybe a little extra. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what yeah. I'm going to have done to me in season four. Because, I mean, I had my, oh my God, you know, my dick s- shot up this season three. I had my asshole wax in season two. What do you guys think I should do in season four? Oh, God. I I just can't even. I don't know what to expect from you. Maybe I'll Let's, go skydiving yeah. and I'll record it like all the way that to the ground. That is all you. I'll meet you on the it ground. might be my last episode. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll have to continue on without you. You have to use, teach me how to edit this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Newsflash, Mallory does not do that part. No, that would be Mickey's job. Yeah. But, hey, speaking of music, we did some fun shit this weekend. What did we do? Hell, yeah, we did. We went and saw one of my favorite bands, Whiskey Myers, who was opening for Jamie Johnson, who was also amazing, but I am a huge Whiskey Myers fan. Yes. Uh, so, by the way, that was Jamie Johnson, not Jimmy Johnson, because Jimmy Johnson is a sausage. old, fat, retired coach. <laughs> oh, I, no, I was, that, I was thinking Jimmy Dean. I no, was Jimmy like, Dean sausage. Sausage. <laughs> All right, Just you're, kidding. Your inner big girl's like, mm, I sausage. know. 
I, I think I skipped lunch today because I just had dinner and I'm still hungry. Oh, I don't I, know. Is that your inner big girl or your inner whore? Because, she, mm, sausage. Mm, probably both. Okay. I'm in a weird spot right now. You are. Okay, all these hormones and shit. Yeah. yeah so we went and saw Whiskey Myers, who we love. did with some really good friends of ours, slightly we sophisticated, did. and E13 Mischief. God, what? Local like wonderful Four insanely hot people. Yeah. They're, they're really fun to hang around. I just yeah. love being around those guys. It's so great. And then the weekend before we were in Iowa... Mm. Right, Iowa. Iowa. Everybody knows and we wax poetic about <laughs> it, and know? it's not the state, by the way. So much fucking corn. I've never seen all that much corn in my life. It was crazy. Yeah, and you were talking about the the how they <laughs> dip corn in and liquid latex to make dildos out of it. I don't think this the other weekend. people in the restaurant thought that was funny. No, and I think no, but I think they believed you that that's what they really do up there. And well, maybe they do. There is I probably some corn-fed anyway. piece of ass up there that is literally dipping corn cobs in latex and selling it as dogs. I don't think so. Think about it. Everyone's a different size. It's a new adventure every time. Oh, my gosh. How much caffeine have you had? Because I don't feel like I've had enough. I'm not. We're not matching. Right. Get on my level. Yeah. <laughs> like a squirrel on acid. I really did have fun in Iowa, though. I did, too. But the what I was trying to say before you rudely interrupted me went do. down your, uh, your K-hole here. Is that I look around and I feel so grateful that there's wonderful people in our lives like that. And it's just such a good feeling. It really is. I mean, and what we're talking about is we're talking about the corn-fed swingers, the swingers of the corn. Well, an A13 must just have been slightly stupid. I'm not just... No, come on. Slightly sophisticated, slightly not slightly stupid. stupid. <laughs> a band. That's a band. That's it, kids. I'm out. <laughs> Mallory's I done here. freaking done for the day. <laughs> this is why, why you have to get me early in the day. It's like my bedtime right now. <laughs> I'm uncaffeinated. I'm sober. I can't wait till they listen to this episode. Can you imagine? Slightly stupid. Really? <laughs> slightly stupid's actually a really good band. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in too because it was awesome. Anyway, so, yeah, but no, they are wonderful. I mean, oh, they were all great. But I, was I, I really stupid. can't thank Derek and Jess enough because they did, you know, bring us into their home and they took us out on their boat and did all kinds of other fun stuff. So it was just a great Fourth of July. Yeah, it was wonderful. We yeah. had a blast. Yeah, and I mean, it's I, we weren't here for the fireworks to annoy our dogs and drive us crazy. <laughs> I know. We, we left the kids. We with made that. our kids do it because <laughs> we're awesome parents. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Any, anywho. Be, yeah. I guess this thing will go on forever because we just. Like I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I was trying to say that you know I'm just grateful because I'm I'm a total dork and they tolerate me and they let me act a fool. It did. More my age than my IQ. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was great. Hey, we swam in the Mississippi and did all that Oh, shit. don't brag about that. We'll have to go get a cancer screen <laughs> or something. <laughs> Say, what is that floating past me? Just don't ask. I told people at work that. They're like, ew. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. I totally did it. I don't care. And I'm still here. I mean, I still I have like 11 toes now. I think I drank some of the water. Is that what's been wrong with you ever maybe, since? Maybe. Maybe oh, that's well. why I've been in distress. Well, look, we had so much positive feedback on that last episode of season three. We got to give you guys some love. Thank you for everyone that reached out. Not only that told us about how you've taken control of your hormone health with your own doctors, because a lot of you have reached out and talked to us about your own journey with hormone health. But a lot of you have been reaching out, trying to find out how to get a hold of Dr. Phillips. By all means, you know, reach out to us. We'll set yeah. you guys up. He does do remote consultations and can review your labs with you over the phone. So if you want to talk to our guy, by all means, we'll hook you up. It was just really, really cool. I'm so grateful to have seen all these messages from you guys. It. it it validates the shit out of what we do because it means something to you. It means we're talking about things that matter to our friends and listeners out there. And I love that. Yeah, it makes us feel less like narcissists and egomaniacs. No, you mean because we're sitting in a room by ourselves and recording it? Yes. Yeah, that's not narcissistic at all. Mm -mm. All right, so how about Shark Week? Mm, so, ironically, <laughs> I got my period just in time for Shark Week on Discovery Channel. So the universe has a, a really fi fine-tuned sense of humor, and I believe is targeting me specifically. Oh, yeah, I believe yeah, it. And yeah. me. <laughs> it definitely so, impacted me. So the, the sexy weekend <laughs> turned into... Slut fail. Yeah, that big slut fail. Eh, it is what it is. <laughs> I wish, especially that first like day and a half, that mentally I could get in that space to where like I'm still supercharged and horny, which will be really like... That'll start tomorrow, where the roller coaster's still shut down, but my body's like, yeah, give me some, give me some. Just in time for me to be in San Jose for the week. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Well, and because like the... Theme park's not shut down, and I wanted to feel sexy. I just can get my mental spaces there, 
And that's it's that twenty four to forty eight hours like perfect time timing. It, yeah, I know. Well, and you said the theme parks not shut down, and that's not bullshit because you said the roller coaster was closed, and I'm like, fine, the log flume's open, let's get to work. And you were like, mm mm. Well, everyone, I'm not even gonna have an anal conversation with you right now. <laughs> no one will let me have anal. Have you seen the size of your dick? <laughs> it's it's it's, it's fun for a the whole lot. family. No. <laughs> I don't want my butthole to look like a manhole cover. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Hey. So we sold a lot of condoms. Oh shit! By the way, we sold an ass load of condoms. We got our largest condom order ever, which we love you guys for. Thank you so much. We got an order for eighty packs. There's three to a pack. That is, and that's two hundred and forty condoms. Wow, that's a lot of sex. Someone I is going be there. to get laid. I yeah. hope a lot of someone's many times. Well, we'll be if there. that's for one someone to have sex, that's, oh, wow. that's no, a lot. He, he bought like several. I think he bought twenty of every kind. Twenty of Holy every package. Shit. It just what a amazing thing for somebody to do. And they actually bought them for the Rachel's Rascals trip coming up in November. They are a rascal, and they wanted to actually share. They like these condoms so much, they wanted to share them with people and show them off and get people to try them because they're a premium product, and maybe people aren't going to spend. You know, eight to ten dollars on a yeah, pack of condoms. I, you know that I totally understand that because it is a gamble at that at that price point. So it makes sense. You know, yeah, it's a it's a perceived value thing. Yeah, so I love that he did that. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and he did it for people because he really wants them to try them, which I just thought was pretty awesome. And you know, something else, I actually had to order more Uber Lube. We that's, sold so much that's of it. So great, and you know, when I travel back to the Midwest, I really want to go visit those nice folks that make Uber Lube. In Illinois. Skokie, Illinois. Skokie, Illinois. Surprised you didn't say it. It's one of your favorite words. Yeah. That and Ypsilanti. <laughs> and dongle. Yeah. Holy Toledo. <laughs> Anywho. A um, shout out to our friends at Daisy Corsets. Love those guys. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you seen all the bikinis oh. that have been on Twitter? So many new Dude, bikinis. Dude, I don't know what we did to deserve that, but it was like someone posted something and then all I know is like hot chicks and bikinis. All over my Twitter feed. It was very it's exciting. An awesome day. It really was. And I mean, first of all, the women are beautiful. I mean, almost. Uh, they're all. I mean, everyone's beautiful in the lifestyle. We love all of you. But oh yeah. those of you that have been modeling our bikinis and stuff and showing off some of the things you've gotten from casual toys just make our hearts want to explode. And other does. things. And other things. I'm not going to lie. I was a total you know, pervert. But those corsets have really, really taken off. We've gotten a bunch of traction on those corsets. And people are pairing them with the Kixies, which everybody loves. Oh, yeah. And it's just so hot. And it's it. it's so easy to do. And they have, I mean, there's there's stuff that runs the traditional gamut, right? The the burlesque, pinup sexy, and then the, like the uh, boudoir, you know, style. And there's some really like interesting creative things like i love the tie-dye kixies mm -hmm. or the splash color kixies and there's some of these havesy corsets that kind of remind you of like an edm festival that's hot and some of them paired together are just cute as shit yes sexy are. as fuck we're gonna have to put some bundles together yeah. on that stuff maybe that'll be in the mallory approved section yeah. here soon for you i want to model it well since i don't show my face okay because like i'm like oh, i'm so old which I'm not, but why you just say that? It's like, like I know I'm not, and you don't even feel 40. it with all these hormones coursing through your body <laughs> I now. No, I feel it. like my body feels like it's 25. Yeah, it's just what the fuck your all the time feels except like for two days out of the week. <laughs> I didn't hear you because I was still talking. So I said your vagina feels young too. Jeez, my vagina feels what? Young, young, is in hot. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell folks from your perspective what this episode's about, and we'll bounce out of here Ooh. for a minute and come back. Okay. So this is kind of a big deal. I think um, uh, pretty much the length of time I've known you, but seriously, over the last 10 years, I have personally been considering breast augmentation, um, and I've, I've vacillated back and forth. Um, just thinking about it made me feel you know, vapid or, or vain. So it, it took me a long time to have that, that internal conversation with myself. Um, doing all the research, kind of coming to terms with it. And the net net of it is I have surgery booked for 2021. Hot damn. I, I made a decision. But this was a, a journey. So I wanted to kind of share the, my journey so far or the road so far um, and give you guys updates. As I get closer to my surgery date, post-surgery, my experiences, because that's something that, not that I was lacking, 
but just the information available, someone you know, not a lot of people are willing to share a bunch of information because it is kind of personal. Very. And then when you find, you know, there's so much information on the internet, but the, by the time you read, you know, 1% of it, you have conflicting information. So anyway, so yeah, we're going to get into my upcoming breast augmentation and share some details with you guys, stuff I've learned. There we go. So yeah. maybe that's what we'll do. We'll just broadcast live from the room while while no. getting her boobs. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not happening. Okay, because you're gonna pass out. out. You can't do surgery. Mm-hmm. You will pass. Especially out. with I tried to you show too. you. I tried to show you how they place no, no. the implant. No, no. And you went stark white. I didn't even show you anything. I just told you I was going to, and I thought you were gonna pass out. Yeah. Don't ruin. Don't ruin my love for fun bags by making them see me see them bloody. <laughs> nope. Not okay. Okay. No. 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 They are beautiful things. Well, why don't you tell everybody where to find us? Like they don't know, sure. but maybe it's changed in season four. So tell everybody where to find so. us. We'll come back with your story of your beautiful tatas. <laughs> All right, guys. We're Casual Swinger everywhere. Uh, look us up at casualswinger.com. You can email us at podcast at casualswinger.com. If you would like to find us on social media, we're on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And you want to check us out on the dating sites, that is Cassidy, SLS, Double Date Nation, and SDC. Okay, that'll do it. We'll be back in just a minute. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. back you're listening to casual swinger i'm Mallory. and i am mickey and we're gonna talk boobs i love boobs i know you do they're your favorite they are i think you're definitely a boob guy over an ass guy uh yeah probably i mean don't get me wrong i love both ends i like to see you coming same. and going but <laughs> same i see what i did that there? yeah 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 mm, coming yeah so this is a, gonna be a personal journey so i may i may stumble a little bit here a journey of self-discovery yes, by mallory gordon yes. casual swinger cue the chimes um yeah i saw i've learned so much that i felt i feel compelled to share and i'm hoping some of this in- information is beneficial uh to someone anyone out there who's <laughs> thinking <laughs> about having their bolt-ons done yeah yeah because it's really funny i mean i learned a lot and i thought you know with all the surgery shows that i love to watch and being in the medical field that i knew everything i needed to ostensibly and that's that's not the truth and i actually learned not only more about the procedures and all the intricacies and caveats and different flavors, um, but, you know, about myself. Yeah, mostly. I mean, you've avoided doing this because you've always been kind I've, of, a, I mean, you were I've, a nurse when I met you. So. Yeah, I mean, I've avoided thinking about it. Like, that that thought in and of itself was a little unnerving to me because it really identified that I didn't want to speak out loud how negatively I felt about myself and my body. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, all, as a whole, I do feel confident. Everyone has their good days and bad days. I'm not, you know, uh, safe from that. You know, it happens to me too. But overall, I'm not unhappy with myself. But it's definitely something I've always structured my life around. Like, I'll look at a dress and go, oh, you know what, though? It's so, like, skinny spaghetti strap, and I wouldn't feel comfortable without a bra. Mm -hmm. And it's just autonomic. But I didn't realize how much I had been doing those things over time. Like, my boobs were actually an issue for me, and I never wanted to talk about it. And I don't think they're bad. I like my boobs. My boobs are fine. There's really aesthetically nothing wrong with them. But I want to love them. And I I had to come to terms with, hey, that's okay. That doesn't make you vain or vapid or a shitty human being. It's okay to feel that way. And it's actually okay to do things for yourself, too, right? Because it's an extravagance, right? It is, but at the same time, I think there's people out there that, that go and get veneers on their teeth because it's something that's always bothered them or maybe get you know their hairline redone or plugs for guys or any number of things that, that just kind of renew your... Maybe just take away, not instead of renewing, maybe, let me rephrase that, take away the obstacles to you putting yourself out there. I think that's what our, our things that we're self-conscious about do. They keep us from putting ourselves out there and, and yeah, being ourselves maybe a little in front bit. of Yeah, sure. Maybe a little bit. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those things. Like if I'm wearing a, a top and a bottom, mm-hmm. I'm always doing better about taking off my bottoms than I do my top. How weird is that? I'm Look, exactly, how do I even know this? I'm exactly the same way, but that's just yeah. because I have a beer belly. Whatever. But also, I mean, it's an elective surgery. So that's always been in the back of my, my mind. Anytime you go under general anesthesia, you... you 
take on a risk. And so I kind of justified like not even considering it and doing any more research or having further conversations for that reason. But I think it was just an excuse, like superficial, to keep me from talking about everything else. And I was also afraid like if I really got serious about it, maybe my partner and maybe you wouldn't like the idea or like my new boobs if I got them. I'm really glad that you told our listeners that I was your partner. Yeah. I know they were still trying to figure that shit out. <laughs> Sorry. And I just would like to point out that I rub your feet. So if I rub your feet, chances are I'm going to love your tits. I know. You hate feet so I'm much. I'm not a fan. And you you rub them like once every three years. That's more than I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make my feet sound like they're disgusting they're not disgusting because they're yours they're just feet yeah feet aren't delicious i get that that's okay i mean i don't mind them i'm indifferent hey one man's trash is another man's treasure there's a guy out there right now going i will rub mallory's feet oh yeah 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 so by all means guys line up so here i am sitting here with you today and i have a surgery date but you know, building up to this, you and I had a lot of conversations before I decided to go down this road. And you've been very, very supportive in it. And what I wanted to do, and correct me if I'm wrong here, call call me on my shit, is I, I wanted to have a scout mentality. Because you kept saying, you know, if this is something we want to do, I fully support you. You know, I think you're going to end up wanting to do this. And I didn't want to go into it with that mentality. I wanted to find out the information and made it, make an informed decision. I didn't want to go into this looking for the right answers and just seeking affirmation. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and, and for me, I had to approach this pragmatically. I wanted the the high-level details, you know, tell me exactly who you are, what you do, why you're the best at it, what are the risks, why do you want to do it this way, and is that, and then I decide, is that what I want, mm -hmm. you know? And maybe that was a little backwards in some ways, but, you know, my mentality was, you know, I can go into my hairdresser and show her a hairstyle and a hair color that I think is amazing. But it doesn't mean that it's going to fit my hair length, texture, or anything like that. Like, it may not be achievable. And that's kind of how I felt about considering augmentation. I may have an idea in my head, but I don't know if that's executable. I think from my perspective, I, I guess I thought that there were facts out there about this and we would go find out the facts. And what surprised me is how much opinion and how much yes. personal you know, just personal slant comes into this because we talked to so many different doctors and we got so many different answers. Basically, every doctor had a different answer or a different approach or a different impression or vision of what a attractive breast looked like. Sure, sure. And it was weird. Like, it was like we were subject. We had to find the one that agreed with what our vision looked like. Right, and or we'd have funny conversations where like, well, what do you want to look like? And I'd show them a picture of like, yeah, your boobs will never <laughs> Yeah, no, no, not going to happen. <laughs> I was like, okay, then why ask me? What's the point? They're why don't like, you tell us what you're capable why? of? I know. Um, it, it was fascinating, though, and there was points where I was a little discouraged and going, you know what, though, at the same time, I'd rather know than not know, and mm -hmm. maybe this isn't for me. I wanted to go in and going, I could walk away from this not getting augmentation, mm -hmm. and I was fine with that. I just I wanted to fucking know at that point, point. and there is so much information out there, and a lot of it does slant by opinion and popular opinion there's there's so much research out there because everything like from like implant warranty to which implant type or brand manufacturers associated with capsular contracture which we'll get into what that is that i learned all about that's the demon um, in the room the big scary yes, thing under the that's bed right that is the one of the long-term effects that you know you want to consider is a potential, you know, con. Right. But I think it's also the way with. that they throw FUD, right? Because if they have a particular way that they do things, it's funny because they both kind of said that the way they do it prevents capsular contracture. But we'll talk about that in a well, little bit. Well, I didn't even say they prevent it. It's, it becomes a single-digit percentage of likelihood. Yeah. yeah. So, I just, anyway. I kind of found it all to be very subjective and very opinion-oriented. And I just didn't expect that. When you came to me about getting consults, I was. I really thought we were going to go get concrete, finite information, and that's definitely not what happened. No, no, there ended up being more variables in the mm -hmm. conversations than we anticipated. It gave us a lot to think about, and I mean everything from, you know, implant type to placement to three, five, seven years post op. Like there's a, there's a ton of information out there. So if if you've never considered it before, here's kind of like. The overview right. of what we learned. Well, surgeons are fucking narcissists. We did figure that out because they yes. all acted like they their approach was the approach. 
and they were the smartest guy in this. I mean, every one of them made it sound like every other surgeon was an idiot. Yeah, but everyone's arrogance was different. Yes. There was a different flavor of arrogance. Some of it was understated. Some of it was really brazen and gregarious. Um, some of it was just like, I'm, I'm confident. I'm to the point, and right. it's your decision every to make. Every titty in Central Florida is mine. Yeah. Okay, Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we saw some really really reputable folks. We did. Um so anyway. So let's let's give the listeners just a kind of rundown of the things we learned about breast augmentation before we get into the doctors. Do it. Okay. Um so there's essentially just two types of implants right now. There's mm-hmm. saline and there's silicone. So the saline are, are silicone shell that are empty when they're placed into the breast pocket, right? A pocket's created for the implant to go into. Mm-hmm. And then they're filled with essentially salt water. So the silicone ones, and now from everything I've read and the doctors that we've talked to, are the gummies, what they refer to. So the silicone is not in a liquid state. It stays together like a gummy bear. If you were to cut a gummy bear in half, it's still in a solid state. Sure. If it ruptures, it doesn't leak. However, fascinating when you actually feel the implant, it doesn't feel solid per se. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's texture to it. They're not as heavy as I anticipated them to be, right? Because when I think jelly silicone, I'm thinking of like a dildo. my grand no oh pervert. I was thinking of my grandmother's jello mold. Oh. Gross. Uh, not your grandmother's dildo. No, definitely not. Okay. Um, so that was really interesting and come to find out, by the way, they don't use textured implants used to be like all the hype back in the day and they actually are banned now because of the likelihood of capsular contracture and infection and infection. I can see that. I mean, we, we actually got to touch a couple of textured ones at one of the doctor's consults. Yeah. They're like, they don't even, it was weird. They're like, these are illegal now. I was like, uh, am I going to get arrested for holding this? Why do you have it? You psycho. You know, fun fact. And I don't know if I told you this because I didn't want to scare you during, uh, one of our consults, but Uh. my mother actually had a ruptured silicone implant from the early days Mm -hmm. and she, it ruptured and, and leaked completely. It went completely flat inside her and she ended up with lupus. Yeah. And they say today, like that silicone, even back then, there's nothing that identifies it as causing lupus. There's never been a medical. Yeah, they can't, they can't they tie can't it to it, but it, it did yeah. happen. So, but apparently the, the silicone is super safe. It's super stable. Mm-hmm. Um, they come with the, all these warranties. You can even get um, uh, like an extended warranty for your car in it. Get this. This is a pro tip. The last doctor we saw said, hey, depending on the manufacturer, Get the extra insurance. It's like 100 150 bucks right up front. You just pay for it and you have it forever. And it's tied to this little credit card that you get. You get, it's like, um, it's not an actual credit card, but it's a serial number for your tatas so that you have that forever because there, there's a certain amount of warranty to them, right? And you get this extended one. So if something happens and that capsular contracture happens, the manufacturer will pay for everything. On like all the, uh, you know, redo the new implants, the anesthesia, like it's all covered. So I found that really. I thought that was brilliant, actually, that, you know, they offer an extended warranty. And I wonder if they're going to call us every couple of days and say, you know, (laughs) have you thought about the warranty on your breasts? (laughs) We've been trying to reach you about about the warranty on your breasts. (laughs) About your implants, extended warranty. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, you know, the thing I loved about the the gummy bears, though, is that if they do rupture for some reason, let's say you get in a car wreck. That's, they stay. They, they don't stay. leak. Yeah, exactly. they don't leak. It just kind I of bubbles already said out. That. But I just, I think that that is really worthwhile. I know you said it. It is, but it's hard to tell if they have ruptured. With saline, you can tell because it slowly deflates. Yes. Or immediately deflates in some cases, depending on how traumatic that leak is. And that comes into the every so often maintenance, just right. going and having a picture yeah. taken of your tits. Right. And it's. Salt water, essentially. Yeah. So your body will absorb it. Everything will be fine. Yada, yada, yada. Um, so saline, by the way, only goes under the muscle mm. because of it's it's in a fully liquid state and you'll get rippling. Oh, that's why they get the ripples on the sides. Right. So the silicone ones can be put under or over the muscle and we get in, we'll get into that now. So under and over the muscle they all have they both have their own terms so submuscular literally means under the muscle so this is the most common method that people are using so they're creating a pocket under your pectoral muscle mm-hmm. and these surgeons have two different methods it's called a dual plane 
And depending on your size, shape, the implants, they can cut the muscle in a specific way to place the implant there for the new pocket, right? Um, and it, how they cut the muscles determined by, you know, those factors plus more that I can't name right now. But it's called dual planing. And the reason they started doing under the muscles for back with the saline that would ripple. And they also figured that it had less likelihood of one infection and two capsular contracture. So, the other method is subglandular, which means it actually occupies a space between your muscle and your mammary gland, your actual breast tissue. Um, this was popular when they first started doing uh, breast implants, mm -hmm. and they stopped doing them because of the look, the longevity, some of the issues with them. But they're starting to come back with this methodology, especially with the silicone gummies now. Um, they're not right for every patient per se, but um, there are doctors that are using this methodology more than they were 10 years ago. And that, that's not the one that, that we thought of for you, though, because I mean, when, when you and I were talking about it, we were like, wait a minute, like what's going to feel more natural, like under the muscle or under where your boob tissue is? Because if it's under your boob tissue, that's I mean, that's just logically to me. And that would be sub glandular yes so that's where your breast tissue is it's between your glands mm -hmm. right your mammary glands and your muscle right so it, it does make logical sense that you would put something in that space because that's where the tissue exists mm -hmm. um, like a normal boob. however now if you have a really petite girl i'm i'm of healthy size and weight mm -hmm. i wouldn't call myself skinny and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't call myself petite. Well, no, 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 skinny. Like, think, um, oh, you know, we know plenty of skinny yeah. girls. I can't skinny name them out. I was thinking I was going to name off three of them. I was like, I'm just going to out a bunch of my friends right now. That'll be <laughs> great. Hey, world, these guys are all swingers. And um, they've got a bony ass. <laughs> but exactly. Like, maybe they're a size zero and five, mm -hmm. seven. Like, they're, they don't have a lot of body fat to them. So in some of those cases, under the muscle is going to be the best aesthetic for them. And being under the muscle, it does hold the breast more specifically in that spot because you essentially think about it as a, like a, a rubber band, per se, or um, an exercise band. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a better way of putting it because they're wider, and that's how your pectoral muscles are placed and cut um, to hold it in place. So, And I have some body fat. Yeah, like you can pinch me and get something between I'll your pinch fingers. You. Hey. So anyway, but that's one of the another reasons that that method all uh, method was adopted. Mm -hmm. Now I'm finding it interesting that the subglandular, not a lot of people do it. It is picking up again interest, but not a lot of people do it um, because they're afraid of the additional um, cons, I guess, that come come with it, right? And some of the heat that it's gotten previously from you know, obviously when augmentation at its inception they were using it um when i think about 70s and 80s boob jobs i have the same picture that probably everybody else did yeah i saw oh, a lot yeah. of them in my dad's magazines exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so now we have implant type we have implant placement and then mm -hmm. you have incision decisions yeah, there's a lot of decisions that I go into know. getting a new set of hoots dude dude so much information here so in my head, I went into these and I'm like, oh, I get to decide. I'm going to do under the muscle silicone and I'm going to have them go into the armpit. Eh, guess what? Wrong on you almost all accounts. You can't do that. Well, you can do the first two. So the armpit one like that goes like from the side over mm -hmm. here, the axial incision. You can only do this with saline mm -hmm. implants because they're put in unfilled. So they actually take the shell Put the incision on the side, under your armpit, slip the shell into the pocket, and then they inflate it. Oh, like a balloon. Right. You can't, they, they will not place a silicone implant from the side there because there's just not enough space, I guess, and it's mm -hmm. not a good position to pull a fully engorged implant into your body. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But it's a nice small incision, too. It is. It's a nice small incision. The next one that's also, um, and it can be hidden pretty well, is inframammary, mm -hmm. which is under your boob, like the boob fold. Okay. Have you? Um, it's a wider incision to allow for space to put a full, the implant, in. A full implant in. Uh, but you can do saline there too. You can do saline in any of these incisions, but they're more commonly used for silicone 
ones. Sure. Um, and under the boob does hide the scarring well. And this day and age with all the additional creams and laser treatments, you know, I, I would be surprised if there's much scarring unless you're prone to like big keloid scars sure. per se. So I thought I thought that was interesting. And really uh, cool. and then they have the circular one, the areolier. How do you say that run? Around the areola. So the outside, the outer ring of so you have your nipple, which is the tip, the colored part of the areola. So they just do a little circle. A little halo around your nipple. Nipple out with your nipple. That's nerve where he lost me when he's like, We take your nipple off. I'm like, yeah. well, what? <laughs> well, they pull it to the side because there's all these nerve endings and whatnot. And they do that when they're trying to do the breast lift as well. And they're using it to kind of gather skin in mm-hmm. from that place. So not, not an anchor method, which we'll get into here in a minute. But if they want to pull some skin in uh, to give you a little bit of a lift, they'll do it that way as well, mm. which I didn't know that. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the the doctor that pioneered, you know, the hands-free placement of oh. these and the subglandular, he, that dude's dead, but I he's know. from Central wow. Florida. Wow. <laughs> we were here, then we went all the way up there, and then all the way down here. That's yes. what I do. Funny. So dark. this is actually really important. Um the hands-free technique is a newer technique mm-hmm. um, for breast augmentation, and it's really cool. It's reduced infection and capsular contracture rates significantly. And what it is is they take a silicone implant that's been sanitized. If you've ever watched a baking show or baked yourself, if I say piping bag, do you know what that is? It's, um, You're not asking me. You're asking okay. our listeners. So <laughs> it's a tapered bag um, that has a small hole on one end and a large hole on the other one. So they put the sanitized implant in. Mm-hmm. The tapered end goes into the breast pocket, and they roll it until it squirts out into the pocket. So the surgeon never actually touches it with his hand that doesn't reach into your breast tissue, into your body with his hands to place it. So there's less interaction. And in the surgery world, the less touches you have, even fully sanitized with your gloves on with you know all the instruments and everything the less touches you have the less likelihood infection and foreign objects are to to be placed in there that's kind of so, brilliant right no it's it's fascinating and i encourage anyone who's interested or has you know been thinking about breast augmentation to go watch this it's a it's the hands free uh implant placement method, right? it's the baker method um he also helped to coin the baker scale which measures capsular contracture. So a lot of times they recommend breast lifts. And I didn't know this. I wasn't even considering a breast lift mm-hmm. um, with implants. Well, is it because they want to sell you something and make more money? You know, is that usually what it is? I hate to say this, but it, it's it got to be a factor. Yeah. And I mean, it's a whole other surgery. Well, and I believe they are the artist, right? And they are the professional. They are the trusted advisor in their practice and in their field, right? Right. But most people aren't us. Most people aren't naked all the time. Like I you are. know. I know. And I get this, but I also don't think, I don't look at my boobs and see sagging. I look at my boobs and go, I had a baby 17 years ago. Um, I have less body fat than I did in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, an additional 17 years of gravity has probably played a part. But they, they don't look misshapen. My nipples aren't pointing downward. So when it was recommended at our very, very first consult that to consider a breast lift specifically um, because of potential deformities down the road, which that set off a red light, like siren in my head mm-hmm. um, to do so, um, I shirked it off. I said, I, I would rather forego augmentation than do a breast lift. The breast lift photos and research I had done at that point were all the anchor ones. So an anchor breast lift means not only do they cut around the areola and try to gather uh, excess in there, but they draw, it's almost like an upside down T where they go from the bottom of your areola to the bottom of your boob fold and gather skin in there as well. And like you said, we're naked a lot and we're naked in front of the public and for me, that was just, that was a deal breaker. I, I'm just, I, I don't want the scarring. Yeah. You know, and at that point, if I can't get what I want, the way I want it, then it, it's okay. Just don't I, do it at all. No, no love lost. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. And and that's fine with me. Um, And his reasoning was. 
Deformity. Well, that's one of it. <laughs> well, we learned about these deformities, which the third doctor actually confirmed. Mm-hmm. There's something called a waterfall or a Snoopy deformity. This happens when a woman gets breast implants under the muscle with no breast lift. And maybe the breast lift was needed or will be needed down the road. Um, so the titty just slides off the implant. Kind of, kind of. Or if the implants were quote unquote large enough, some people try to correct it by extra large implants so that the skin stretches so far that it doesn't sag for a very, very long time, if at all. So it looks like a Snoopy nose. Essentially your nipple and the skin at the tip of your boob looks like it's falling off the boob, like melting. Picture that. Like the tip of your boob is kind of melting. So if Michael Jackson had tits, that would have happened. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, they call it a waterfall (laughs) Snoopy deformity over time. And it can only be be corrected through a lift. And that one usually requires the anchor method. Mm. And you know what? I got to thinking about it when we got back, and I was like, you know, I'm not 40 yet. And if I got my boobs down, and in 20 years I want them done, maybe I won't care about having that scar. I do today, and I feel comfortable in that decision because I wanted to backtrack. Part of me wanted to backtrack. I'm like, but how much do I want this? Am I willing to sacrifice what I already said I didn't want to still do it? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I thought it was, well, I am a little crazy, but I thought it was (laughs) insane because I started negotiating with that and like, no, 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 I made this decision. I need to stick with it. Yeah. And I think you've made good decisions about this because if you guys haven't picked this up yet, there's a lot of data out there and the data is different depending on what doctor you talk to. So you really should do your own research. But what I think we should probably cover here before we get too far into this is the one big one which is capsular contracture. Yeah, I know I've said it a bunch. every doctor talked about it. Yeah, and I had no idea what it was, and I've said it like 17 times already. So this is definitely the biggest consideration I've personally had in the decisions I'm making about my boob job. Um, so when you have surgery and there's a foreign body put into your body, it's natural that your body recognizes this and goes, hey, That's foreign. So it forms a protective capsule around Mm -hmm. it. And this tissue capsule is usually soft, you know, maybe slightly firm, um, usually not noticeable. And it helps to keep, in this case, the implant in place. So you want that pocket to to heal and you want your body to do what it's supposed to do, right? Create this little, little capsule around it. Now, in capsular contracture... What happens is that layer, mm-hmm. that capsule, becomes hardened and it starts to squeeze the implant so much so that it's it's tightened and it moves it. It it can move it upward to the side and it can look stressed and rippled because of it. Um, and there's no identifying markers that say if you're um, of a certain age or of a certain ethnicity or if you had a certain methodology Um, with the exception of submuscular and subglandular. That's the only differentiator that they have been able to point at. Or if you get keloid scars, Mm -hmm. nothing says you're more or less likely to experience this. Um, The only one is if you get subglandular implants, that you go from a single to a double-digit percentage. And it's kind of a sliding scale, and that scale does depend from doctor to doctor. But by double digits, you mean like, 10 to 12 percent not on average so on on average the research that i've been able to do 10 to 12 10 to 15 percent on the high end because we did have a doctor tell us we did have a doctor tell us it was 60 percent likelihood with that placement that it could experience he pulled that out of his ass i you know i couldn't find the data he seemed well informed i've messaged them i haven't heard back because i wanted to find out where that 60 percent number came from because that that would have definitely been another factor in i think if it's really 60 percent, you just wouldn't do this i mean see and that's kind of where i was at um looking into doctors across the country Mm -hmm. right because travel um surgery was a thing there for a minute sure what their rates were for that kind of stuff and i'm just fucking flat out asked i it it was blunt dialogue i just wanted to ask hey i hear you do this what is your cc rate you know because if it's bad. If 60% of your patients are experiencing this, 
I don't think you'd be in business. You think, I think they'll tell you? You think they'll be honest unhappy. about it? Yeah. That's the other question. I mean, uh, if if well, that's a good point. But do you think they'd be in practice? I just think maybe they'd have a bad Google review or something. Yeah, that's true. Right? OnlyFans reviews on boobies. <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent point. You know, I, I guess you're right, but. I mean, I had some come back with, you know, 7%, 12%, 3%, 2%. Like, you know, some people did answer me. Mm-hmm. But you're right. The, that data could be totally skewed. So what direction are you going? So as we sit here today, this is the direction I'm going. I found a wonderful doctor. Um, we're going to do subglandular. I know we just talked about it and it sounds crazy, but I think it's going to be the best option for my body, the results I want. Um, I think they're going to look and feel the natural that I see and want. And I think that they're going to age with me, if that makes sense. Like, it's going to fill up the volume, but still, you know, kind of look like they're my boobs and not a boob job, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so I'm really excited about it. I'm going to have um, the incision under the boob, the inframary, which mm-hmm. is fine with me. Um, and it's going to take some additional aftercare. So when you have subglandular implants, you typically want to wear the bra, the compression bra they give you with, um, these side pads sometimes. We don't, I don't know if I'll need them or not until after surgery for additional few weeks, just to make sure that that breast pocket, because you don't have the muscle holding it there is, is formed and is positioned correctly. So it does take a little more cognition post-operatively. Yeah, the weird part for me was this is the first time that I've ever watched other guys play with your tits, and it wasn't sexy. Or oh my hot. gosh, that was the best part. So I, I have like the details of every appointment lined out, and I won't get into the nitty gritty of it. But everyone's methodology for trying to show you how you'd look with boobs was different. So the first doctor, who was the most recognized and well reviewed, was like a potato. <laughs> so we did not hit it off whatsoever. And, but, I, I believe him that he's a master at what he does, but he only does one thing. Mm-hmm. He does augmentation with lift under the muscle, period. Yep. It was almost a non-negotiable for him because that is the results that he is comfortable with. He gets praised for it, and that his cl- is his clientele type, and that wasn't for me. He does a lift for everybody. Yes, he does a lift for everybody, and I'm like, awesome, I'm probably not your girl. Yep. But he was probably an amazing doctor, but in the office they give me this, like, it looks like an old sports bra. And they had me put the implants in them, right? And I'm standing there. And that's only, what, 375 cc's? Yeah, they weren't very big. They weren't big. And I looked like fucking Dolly Parton. <laughs> and I tried to move the them bra. around. I know. Because they're sitting on top of my boobs. And I'm like, God, this is just the silliest thing ever. I'm not. No one's going to fucking know what they look like no, using this. And I looked at them. I was like, just. Is that they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly how they look. I was like, I think you're full of shit. Well, and I think this what we weird. what we realized is almost everyone that goes in for a breast augmentation is concerned about what they look like in their clothes exactly. or what they look like in a swimsuit. Yes, and especially first one. I don't even know if we mentioned to him, but like they couldn't fathom that that's a factor. Like I'm naked in front of people in public. I it, this is important to me. I want to look good naked. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, the scarring's not that bad. You should have told him you were a stripper. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that would have made more sense to them. We're like, we're swingers. And we also throw parties naked. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, and How's we started doing credit? that with the second doctor. But the second yeah. doctor, I, I brought that up. I yeah. was like, look, this is what we do. This is who we are. And to a certain extent, their tune changed a little bit. When we you know that. what? The doctor we actually that I actually chose, mm-hmm. he was totally cool, clicked, made sense, didn't have any weird questions for us, was like, I understand completely. And, in fact, you are not a lift candidate. I would ask you not to do that even if you don't have surgery with me. Mm-hmm. And here is why. You don't need it. The fold of your boob where these sagging, and I use quotation marks because it's not actual sagging. It's called pseudotosis. Mm-hmm. Your nipple does not exceed the fold under your boob. So that is one of the the markers of needing a breast lift is if your nipple falls below your breast fold due to loss of volume. If your nipple is pointing south of the equator, let's talk about 
then you'll need a lift. And mine don't do either of those. So that was that was a little bit refreshing. And of a course, lot. you know, I, I did my research, I fact checked him and that seems to be a, a consensus per se. Um that, that that is what it is. But even with the extra step, we booked a second appointment with him. He goes, if you want to see the imaging of what it could look like with the different implant sizes, we can do that as well. That was cool. That was straight out of weird science. Yeah, that was amazing. So not only did they ha- he have these implants that were shaped like actual breasts and tapered to show you how they would sit in the bra and in your breast pocket so you had a better idea of what they would look like post-op, mm-hmm. he had this vector machine where you stand there and it looks like a tanning bed, like a stand-up tanning bed, and it gets you from all different angles, and then it shows you the shape and di- and, and the sizes of the different CCs. And, hey, newsflash, uh, tits aren't symmetrical. I'm going to need, like, a few CCs more in one versus the other. So you're just going to have perfect pleasure orbs yeah, right? your chest. Yeah, and he was so, like, at, precise with it. And he's like, you know, I'll have a couple different ones in there because I'm thinking right now this size is going to be for you. But, you know, that 5 to 10 cc's could make all the difference. So I, I want to get you, you know, symmetrical as possible. And the fact that that was important to him and he highlighted it and talked about it for at least five minutes. Yeah, that guy loves tits. He does. He even told us that. <laughs> the whole reason he's a plastic surgeon was because he never got laid in high school and he just wanted to show everyone You get else, the last like, laugh. Yeah. Yeah. I play with tits and, all day now. Fuck you. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which was great. awesome. Um and then the third doctor. The third doctor was actually wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of the area's, well, self-proclaimed. He looked like Dr. Fixer. Phil. He did. But he's the fixer. He he gets a lot of patients that come in from botched surgeries, uh, facial, breast augmentation, you name it. And he said he would do my surgery. He only does under the muscle, and I'm a great candidate for subglandular. Yeah, um, that was actually refreshing to hear him say. It he's was like, You really actually refreshing. are good for this. Yeah. But I don't he, do it. And he goes, yeah, and you're. it's going to be hard to find you know anyone around here who does it? And I was like, actually, we didn't have any trouble guy. finding him. Well, and so I'm very lucky that if I hadn't had a conversation with a friend of mine who had hers done and knew that was an option, I probably wouldn't have found this doctor because that that he was a recommendation from someone else. She's been on the show. She's been on the show, and I'm not going to call her out yep. um, because I okay. didn't ask. Your call. So, but yeah, so um, I get boobs in August, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have some some new hooters yeah. up in this bitch, and uh, I. So, how big are you going? Out of curiosity. So right now, I don't know. Uh, I let. I say I'm a I'm a C, but I'm probably a large B, small C at best. Um. So, originally a D. A D is kind of one of where I wanted to be, but we're talking, and I may end up in the low double D. And here's why: the circumference. Like the area of my boob is a little wider. Mm-hmm. So we may need a wider implant that'll need a few more CCs in there to get the profile that I want. So it may end up being an actual double D, but they won't look audacious on my frame. So no volleyball titties for men. No volleyballs. No, no, no. All right. No, those are, those are no, no. They need to slip. I like that natural, um, what do they call slope. it? Slope. Mm-hmm. I want a natural slope to them. I think it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited. I love your titties no matter how you do them. I'm excited, and I, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't nervous. It's still surgery. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still hesitant. It's, you know, it's an investment. It's not cheap. Um, This is something, you know, we've saved for. Yeah. You know. Um, And I really hope they look amazing. I hope they feel amazing. I've You hold my boobs when we go to bed. Pretty much You every love night. my left titty so much. I do. That is where your right hand lives. It's the party tit. Every night. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned how you're going to react to the new volume and texture. I have big hands. I know you have big hands. <laughs> so, I which just, is what a are curse. You gonna do it just makes the, my dick look small. <laughs> what are you going to do for three weeks when you can't I'm going to hold them? my own boob. It's going to be very weird. <laughs> I'm just going to lay there holding my I, right breast. Can I hold them? No, can that's, can no, I that, be the now big spoon? Now we've entered the actual. Yeah, I would have made the big spoon. No, yes. that's not okay because you climb adorable. me like a spider monkey and lay on me. I do. <laughs> it's just not I okay. D- it's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I know that there are a couple of myths about this that we want to throw out there before we come back with Toy Box. Yeah, so in my reading, I'm going to try to figure out the, the research behind all of this stuff that I had questions about. Uh, one of the most frequently asked questions is, can I still breastfeed? And how I wouldn't have thought about that. I'm not a woman of childbearing age at this point. I'm not thinking about having kids, but it's common. And yeah, you can because 
they don't take out your glands and it doesn't sit in front of your glands. So breastfeeding is a non-issue. It does create an ob- obfuscate uh, mammograms, especially with the silicone side, um, and especially if they're subglandular. Mm-hmm. Um, you're definitely going to want to pay close attention and, and go frequently and get not the titty smusher, the other mammogram style. Titty smusher. Yeah, the and pancake way, masher. Any of you out there that are having kids after 30, send your hate mail to Mallory at Yeah, Casual sorry. Well, no, I had my kid young. <laughs> I was I was a I'm baby a when I had my baby. Age anymore. Bitch, you were no, young. I was so young. Yeah, too right? young. That's right. Be yeah. careful. No swinger babies. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely no swinger babies. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Don't even... All right, what about this? You have to have them, like, changed or serviced or lubed. I thought, yeah, so I was looking at, like, what the residual cost of ownership <laughs> would be because that's where my brain's at. That's my at. long-term TCO yeah. here. <laughs> so it's it's fake. You do not have to get them swapped out every 7 to 10 years. Uh, most implants, especially silicone, have a lifetime guarantee, a minimum of 25 to 30 on the implant just of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good chance the, out, the implant is going to outlive me. Um, in some cases. Can I still play with it now, after you're gone? Now, you still want to go get your <laughs> mammograms and whatnot, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go get them swapped out. You know, unless you want to change something, there's really not a need for it. So that's a fallacy. Oh, yeah. Logical fallacy. And the last one was, no, they're not life-saving flotation devices. Thank you very much, Mickey Gordon. <laughs> I did ask the doctor that. Yeah. Will they keep her alive if she ever goes out of the end of the... No. What was great is they went into like the density of silicone versus water they and why did. they don't float. They answered me scientifically. I was like, he, I can't even. <laughs> you entertained him. Now we're really in for it. It was great. It's going to be a, a whole gr- bit now. We had a great conversation about, you know, personal flotation devices. Yeah. I thought it was fantastic. All right. Mal, it's been an incredible conversation about the massive amount of information you learned about tits. Yeah. Uh, I know, guys, this was an information-heavy episode. <laughs> Did I bore you guys to death? Because I'll show you my tits. I'm really sorry. Well, that's, We're the, gonna la- show- that's the last thing we got to answer. Is, I know. Are people going to get to see these puppies? Yes, yes. We're going to do before and afters Uh-oh. for sure. And during, during. I'm going to document this. I want this to be part of season four, if our listeners will allow it. This is a personal journey. I, I want to put it out there, how I'm feeling physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. We're all coming on Mallory's tits. Actually, that sounds really hot. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just her tit journey. Yeah. <laughs> come on my tits later. Absolutely. Okay. You want to tell everybody where to find us? We'll come back with the Toy yeah. Box segment on the We Vibe Nova. Awesome, guys. We're Casual Swinger everywhere. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Yeah, that's the other that's one. The one. We have a website, casualswinger.com. Feel free to shoot us a message, podcast at casualswinger.com. And if you want to check out our dating profiles, you can find us at Double Date Nation, SLS, SDC, and Cassidy. All right, and that one more thing. If you guys haven't had a chance to go, leave us a review on iTunes. We haven't had one in like six months. I don't think anyone's I mean, there anymore. Well, let me be more specific. If you want to say something nice, go <laughs> leave it on the iTunes. If you don't have something nice, please email mickey at casualswinger.com. Now, if you have something mean to say, go say it to Jay. Of average swingers? <laughs> no, that's mean. Jay's a nice guy. We love Jay. All right, we'll be back in a hot second with Toy Box. You've been listening to Casual Swinger. Everybody, we're back with the season premiere of season four. We're talking titties. It was a lot of fun, but now we're going to talk about Mallory's box. Vagina. What's in your box, Mel? Hold on. Let me reach in there and uh, pull it out. Um, sound like I just, yeah, that sound, yeah, that, that was that, gross. I mean, I'm hot. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, no, but in my box this week is the Wee Vibe Nova 2. Um, best, best thing about being married to you and owning a sex toy store is the wonderful things I get to experiment with. You mean I just buy random toys and throw them on the bed and go, hey, I got you something? Yeah. My yeah. vagina's a very happy I do a lot of that. self-service girl. Well, here's what happened, right? So way back in the day, when you and I first got together, we went to some random sex toy store and I bought you a rabbit because you said you liked rabbits. And well, no, I didn't know I did until you bought me that first one and then I broke it with my vagina. You did break it because they're only good for 100,000 miles. But, you know, you loved that damn rabbit. So you loved rabbits. I misspoke, I guess. You looked rabbits after that. and But you haven't had a rabbit in the longest time. I, yeah, I guess. 
I don't know. I needed a new flavor. Maybe my palate changed just like. Yeah. Well, Rabbit yeah. kind of, it started out as a Doc Johnson product that was patented. It had the spinning beads and the clitoral stimulator that looked like a bunny, which is why they called it a rabbit, and then the head that kind of rotated around. And I'm making these hand gestures like you can see me and you can't, but the rabbit actually became a style of toy Yes, that both stimulates you internally and externally at the same time. Yes. So tell us about the Nova 2 and what you like about it. Now that they know, it's a rabbit-style toy. Yeah, it is a rabbit-style toy, and it kind of reminds me of Florida, of like one half of a Florida-lee because mm-hmm. it's the Wii Vibe, it's, it's curved. So you have the curved edge that vibrates, um, that sticks out. That's the clitoral stimulator. Mm-hmm. And then facing it and curving inward towards it, but longer is the insertable portion that's actually flexible and poseable. Oh, wow. So kind of it could be a G-spot simulator if you want it, it. Yes, it can be. Um, they both uh, independently operate as far as vibration goes. So you can have them both at the same time or do one or the other, mm. which is great because there are some rabbit toys out there that do both at the same speed. So if it's you, you only have one option, up or down, fast or slow or, or yeah, yeah or a mode at some point. And for me, I don't like that. I don't necessarily want the internal to vibrate as hard as the external because I'm not really a big internal vibration girl maybe just a little bit if I'm in the mood for it Mm -hmm. but definitely not as much as I like the vibration and intensity on my clit okay so your clit and your g-spot never agree uh no they're (laughs) they like one likes Italian food the other one likes Chinese food like yeah they have different palates um but what I love about this so it's posable it's flexible so it's really fucking comfortable and that clitoral stimulation area, it's curved but flexible, but it gives you a nice amount of pressure. So if you are, um, like, inserting it, mm-hmm. right, and you're kind of using it like a dildo, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going in and out, in and out, in and out, it's a wonderful sensation between the pressure and the vibrations to do so. The first time I used it, I did not use the insertables um, motor for the vibration. I came in, like... Five minutes, not even like, and, and that's a little rare because when I'm getting used to a toy, I'm just trying to figure it out and clunk around. I didn't mean to get off that fast. I just felt so good. I couldn't help myself. Off you went. Yeah. Yeah. So that one's kind of a staple and it's, it's a really wonderful toy for me. It's got to be durable. I tend to drop shit, you know, especially when I'm coming, I'm usually on the edge of the bed. Thank God it's carpeted, but we still have cement floors. So sometimes sure. I break shit um, or in the bathroom with a tile floor, break shit in there too. Washing it. Yeah. But I do like to use some of my toys in the shower or in the bathtub. Okay. This one's waterproof. So it 100% is, waterproof, submersible yes. even. So exactly. I can run myself a bath and use it in there if I wanted to. Hot damn. Fucking love that. Um, it also has an app, which mm-hmm. most of the WeVibe stuff does. We connect. So we connect. So you can have the app. I can have the app and give you access to it. Mm-hmm. And you can use it remotely if I if I wanted to let you. I can buzz your lady bits yes. from a distance. Uh, for us, I don't see that working out well because I'd be like, oh, no, too fast, too fast. And you'd be like, hee, hee, hee. Yes, I like, would. Yeah, or it'd be going off in my drawer randomly. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just a really, really awesome product. And it's got, what's the charge on it? Oh, 120 minutes. Really? Continuous use. Two so hours. It took two hours of continuous use. And you use. got off in five minutes. So that is a lot of uses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're multi-orgasmic or don't remote or charge your toys a lot, it's totally fine. It's also got a travel lock. Mm-hmm. It's not going to vibrate in your carry-on. And it is a 100% silicone body-safe toy. Yes. Which is a big deal if you know anything about us at Casual Toys. If we find out something's not body-safe, we get rid of it. Yeah. And a lot like... How my, why I love my woman, well, one of the reasons I love my womanizer, the ergonomic positioning, um, if I want to go for a marathon masturbation session, it's got to be comfortable for me to hold. Love the Hitachi Magic Wand, but it's, that does not fall into that category. Mm. Womanizer does a great job. We Vibe does a great job. And I have to say they went full boat with the ergonomic feature on that. Yeah, it almost looks a little funny. It's, it's so ergonomic. It, it does. It, uh, it looks, it doesn't look like you're, Standard rabbit style toy. No. Um, but it is super comfortable to hold, super comfortable to play with. Um, I've done it on my side, my belly, and on my back. Well, no and I issues. think this is, I believe that's the fourth rabbit style to- toy that I've brought you. Uh-huh. And it's, and it's the favorite. only one that made the rotation. I was going to say, it's the only one that I've used more than once or twice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because the dorsal, uh, you didn't really care for. The, the fun dorsal, factory, you didn't care the, for. You know what? The dorsal is a great quality item. Mm-hmm. It didn't didn't fit my vagina. Like, it just doesn't fit the distance between where my vagina is and my clit. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work out. And to tilt it in that way was uncomfortable for me. It totally missed my G-spot. Like, it just didn't fit my body. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what that, what that boils down to here, folks, is that if we don't like it, we just don't talk about it. Yeah. We play with lots of toys here yes. on Casual Swinger. We get them, we bring them into the bedroom, we try them out. And if Rough life. it doesn't blow us away, we just don't tell you about it. Yeah. It's not, we're going to be negative about anybody. We're not going to throw anybody under the bus. Wow, this is a huge piece of shit. Yeah. We don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We just tell you what's great. And the WeVibe Nova 2, that is a great toy. It is a fantastic toy. And I was actually concerned because I like, um, I don't want to call them beefy, but like at least average size male like dildos. Like, you like the big penis. I like at least an average penis. Mm-hmm. Like I don't use the, the skinny little dildos when I masturbate. Um, I like, you know, average to, you know, large. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the size of the Wii Five One, I was like, ooh, I don't know if that's going to, how that's going to work because it seems kind of thin. It's got a, it tapers and and it looks kind of thin. Mm-hmm. It was actually perfect. Wow. Yeah. So they knew your vagina they better actually, than you did. actually, I was going to say there's got to be something with that tapered design where it's more bulbous in the middle mm-hmm. that they know more than I do about my vagina. I'm guessing there was probably some, you know, sample testing done there. And How do I focus get group. that fucking job? <laughs> well, the Dude. problem is that you think about it, like eight of the ten things you stick in your vagina aren't awesome. Right, so like it may not be too much fun to be a tester. Can you imagine the dinner conversation you would have? Hey, honey, how was your day? What did you stick in your vagina? Well, dear, a corn cob yeah. covered in latex. <laughs> Apparently, we're going to Iowa. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, we have talked about a lot of shit here today, guys. And yes, this was an information-heavy episode. Where everything from boobs, titties, hooters, all the way down to the We Vibe Number yeah, Two yes. in the Toy Box segment. This was Mallory's coming out party for Hi, season guys. four. Thanks for. Sticking it out with me. I love you. Thanks for sticking it in her, guys. <laughs> no, that's okay. Just You're me. Dork. I am a dork. But since we just told you guys how to find us, we're not going to bother you anymore with that sort of thing. You want to just say bye to everybody. See you in two weeks. Bye, everybody. See you in two weeks. <laughs> love you. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more season four. We're going to do everything we can to be on time for all 22 episodes of season four. You heard it here first. Well, yeah, they hear it a lot. This is when we're telling the truth. Folks. This has been a blast. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Casual Swinger.